Brothers podcast. Five Pillars of Mad Monolith production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers, sisters, friends, and the foes out there. And welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers podcast with your host, Dili Hussein, and my co host. Aki Hussein, assalamu alaikum, everyone. Today we have a legend in the house, and I, and I say this, that that's not even an exaggeration, mashallah, tabarakallah. For those of you who are interested and, and been following the mixed martial arts, contact sports uh, industry in the game for the last 10-15 years you know that today's guest is someone who's very celebrated someone who is a don in his own right in his own name and that is none other than the former UK MMA fighter now MMA coach Khalid Ismail aka the Desert Lion Absolute pleasure to have you on Thank you very much thanks for having me How you doing? Alhamdulillah How was the I'm travel good. from east to west? It was good. Good as, good as always. <laughs> Bro, you know, we, <laughs> have to, yeah. we have to ask Londoners how their journey was inside London. Yeah. When someone has to come to see us from Bedford. Sometimes Imagine. sometimes it takes me 20 minutes just to get out of my area. Okay. So yeah. it's, you know, you know, you know, London traffic. Plenty That's of time to fun. reflect. There's certain brothers that it takes 20 minutes to get out of bed. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, listen, uh, to, kick off, to kick off today's podcast, Aki and I have some questions for you. Yeah. Um, to just kind of get the, the vibe starting for the podcast. So, Aki, over to you, bro. Absolutely. So, look, uh, brother Khalid, um, you are someone who's celebrated, respected and reputable um, when it comes to mixed martial arts, contact sports, not only in your career in fighting, but also in coaching now as well. Um, and with that comes a lot of discipline in terms of what you eat, health, fitness, and, and everything else in between, right? Yeah. So in that industry comes a lot of myths as well. And what people think are truths, um, and people always Google information and watch videos, and there's millions of views on things that aren't always necessarily true. So I want to ask you, first-hand experience, expert in the field, about some myths around health and fitness. Well, at the very least, based, from your, based on your personal experience. Okay. Yeah. Fadl, go on. So, um, I'll start with my favourite one. In fact, it's probably Dilly's favourite one. No. Um, which is... This guy. Um, ejaculating before training, or having sex before training. Um, is this something that is um, uh, discouraged? And could it be harmful um, in terms of your performance? You're a thirsty guy, you know. I just went from zero to one hundred. <laughs> in terms of icebreakers, I thought I'll shatter that ice. Okay, but, but, so there's two aspects to it. There's there's one like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hit the gym to do weights. Yeah. Um, should I let one off or do it with my wife or my girlfriend, or, or should I just hold it down till after gym? And then there's training. A fighter who's training for a fight coming up is having a lot of sexual intercourse. Something that's discouraged. So there's there's two. One a standard one before gym, and one in preparing for. And a also, fight. this is a real question that yeah. people consider and think about. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if we look at the the scientific side of it, yeah. Mm. So if, if you look at the scientific side, if the sexual acts will only affect you. If you're staying up late, so what happens if you're if you're coming home late and you're performing sexual acts later in the evening and stuff, and it affects your sleep and everything? Then I would say it will affect your training. Mm. But if it's at a reasonable time, and because remember, fighting is always always to do with mental state. Yeah. Mm. So if having sex and having sexual intercourse um, is something that brings you kind of like ease and calm, ease and calm, and and, you, and and some people are very sexually active, so if they need that. Then it's 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 okay. So if it helps you focus, yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's it's like um, say say someone someone can train twice a day and train, go home, sleep, and then train again, and then then they they focus for that session. Some people need to have a break from the gym. So whatever works for you mm. is fine. So on the, on the I would say scientifically, um, 
Uh, don't quote me on this, but I, I would say the effect of um, having sex will probably be uh, detrimental if you're having it late at night and it's affecting your rest. rest. Mm -mm. That's that is probably the major problem because on a general training, on a general training. Uh, time schedule if you're having sex it doesn't really affect anything it actually probably increases your testosterone levels okay. yeah because if you're having sex regularly or your sex your, your testosterone increases as well anyway mm -hmm. but i would always say that it's to do with staying up late and, what, okay. uh, and so what the romans you should call morning glory isn't necessarily a bad thing then yeah no <laughs> okay cool that's a, that a very thorough and clear answer and yeah. a lot of people yeah, but that's, I, mean, I, th I yeah. think again, it's, you know, I think what happens is that the, the myth is remember if you these are old boxing, correct? These, yeah. these all come yeah, from that's all where it comes old, from, yeah. Old combat sports. So now they would say, don't do this now because certain boxers might have loved to go out and yeah, yeah, yeah. perform and everything that comes with that. Yeah, and everything that comes with it. So now obviously you're you're coming home at three four o'clock at night, mm -hmm. or you're at home at mm. three four o'clock at night, and you're still up mm -hmm. and you got training at six or seven o'clock. So it's, and obviously boxers always used to wake up early mm. so that's like uh, regimental six mm. five six o'clock up for a run and if you're up till three it's going to affect your performance Interesting. Right. next one yeah so to get lean and to get more muscle definition lighter weights more repetitions is there truth behind that um, this whole kind of uh, to get big more weight less reps to get rip up it's le less weights more reps is that a myth or is it it's a truth to that it, Coupled with diet, coupled with everything else that needs to be done. See, see um, I come from an SNC background as well. Okay. Yeah. So um, we get a lot of these. I get a lot of these questions now. Number one thing is there's a there's always going to be a crossover. Mm. Yeah. So if I am doing some sort of volume training, so if I, say if I was doing a five minute uh, volume training, so one minute as many reps as I can, mm. I cannot lift heavy weights. Yeah. yeah? But the metabolic. Uh, conditioning of that is very good so I will get leaner from it mm. but doing heavier weights will increase my muscle mass which increases the amount of calories that my body burns so then I'll lose weight from that as well so they both have their place yes so again whenever you for this is for the viewers as well so whenever you train mm -hmm. or if, you, if you're ever going to decide to train or you, you want you want to do anything always start with your goal so the goal is I want to get uh, lean and if that's the main goal mm -hmm. then is it a weight class that you need to get to because I could be for, for example say we were all three of us you're you're you're, you're competing in boxing um, you just genuinely want to look good yeah so there's a lot of truth in that as well yeah so now if you if you <laughs> if you if you if you if you want to if you just want to generally look good does it matter that you're 16 stone ripped not mm -hmm. at all it doesn't matter it's aesthetic yeah yeah so now for you if you're competing and you need to get to a I weight, weight class, class yeah so then you have to be lean so you might have to strip off some muscle mass mm. so you might need to do lighter weights because that's where it starts coming into it we don't want to put too much muscle onto you yeah. because you'll have to fight in a weight class okay. so again this all comes down to uh selecting the goal mm. and then from the anything you do so the, the goal is the, the goal is the end product and then you work backwards from there and then and then you set your training programs Brilliant. But as a but as a general rule in isolation, and I, I know it's silly perhaps for me to even ask you this, but just as a general rule, you did just say that less uh, less reps, heavier weights will build the muscle mass. Less weights, less reps. Uh, yeah, less reps, more weights will build the muscle yeah, mass. Yeah. So again, everything. So it's uh, again for for the viewers as well. For, uh, if if you wanna if you wanna uh, train properly, you need to cycle training. So it's not always going in there and doing um, 10 to 12 reps, lifting heavy weight, because your joints are not going to take that. 
or constantly keep loading. For example, say if you started for 20 kilos. It'll catch up with you, you say. Yeah, but even if it logically doesn't. So, so they have, um, uh, I forgot the actual term for it. Um, but say say you started off with 20, 20 kilos bench press, for example. Hold on, so, 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 I'm, so I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give my Monday, yeah? yeah? Boom, Monday, International Chest Day, yeah? yeah? Warm up set, boom, 20 play each, 60, boom, next 80, next yeah. 100, yeah. 120 is my last set. Okay, then next week? Huh? Then the next, next week, week Monday, I'm gonna try to do a bit more reps on the hundred. So now think about this. So in twelve months, no, like in twelve months, if you kept doing that, you'd be having you'll have like that seventeen plates on each side, which is impossible. Mm. If you if you think about no, logic, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit a brick wall. Yeah, so you'll hit a brick wall, and, and you hit that brick wall a long time ago. <laughs> Shut up. Man. So then what will happen is I won't even break. <laughs> so what will happen is then the, 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 there's a point where you cannot okay get any more gains, and plus. Injury will probably kick in before that. But isn't that when that comes in? No. No, but you don't need to do that though. So the the idea is, is if you look at the functions of the whole your whole body and, and everything that makes the attributes. So if you look at um, strength, so what you're doing is trying to build muscle mass first, yeah. yeah. So then after the next phase will probably be strength worth lo- lower mm. lower reps, um, lower reps, and try to start lifting heavy heavy yeah. reps, and then big volume, so more sets, less reps, yes. and then have uh, bigger rest periods. Yeah. Then the next stage will be power. Okay. So it'll be even less reps. So three, two or three reps. Yeah. And then just explosive movements. Mm. Then the next one could be plyometrics and yeah. stuff. And this is how you start. Then you have a transitional thing. So you're saying mixing it up. You have to mix up. You have to. Yeah. You have to mix up. Not and it's not a not a CrossFit thing. Not a um, one day completely do different. So you do your same thing that you're doing three weeks. You mm. do three weeks so your body adapts. And then after it will change after three weeks again, and it will change after three weeks. So you have to work. They're called uh, macro cycles. Mm-hmm. So when you when you when you when you, tra- when you train like this, your body adapts to it, and then you give it a d- different stimulus. Mm-hmm. So it constantly. Uh, it's always evolving, yeah. It's always evolving, and mm-hmm. you'll you'll find that your PBs will get better. And uh, again, your you, goal you need, is what you need that as well. Yeah, but it's true. But any anyone that uh, works, I want box. <laughs> on PBs, not DMs. Yeah, this guy, DMs. Yeah. This guy, so when you work on uh, when you work on. Um, from the goal, yeah. Then you, then it kind of, it kind of everything will set, set its, set its place. There seems to be an ijma and a consensus because literally what you've just said is basically what Frost also said. Yeah, like he I, said you need to mix it up. People that we've spoken to are, who are experts in the area yeah. have given us there's like there's some uniformity around how to evolve your strength, how to evolve your performance. All of these things are connected with having mixture, yeah. having variety. You could have the same goal, it could be the same thing, strength and endurance, but mixing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, there was a Netflix program about these um, the guys who didn't eat meat. No, no, fitness fitness models and stuff like this. So the, 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 these guys were talking about um, lifting heavy, yeah. and obviously they, they mean think about it, just they all they do is weights. Yeah. Now a lot of them in the later of their in the later ends of their careers they don't lift heavy weight no, no more, and it because all them suffering joint pains. Mm. So in their younger ages, they, everything was about lifting heavy, 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 going there and smash, smash, smash. And there's a point. Everything shot now, yeah. Yeah, because there's a point where you're not looking after your body the way it's supposed to be. You can't overload your body every single session, and it's and it's this this is what you got. Okay, this is what you got to understand. Yeah, cool. longevity. Yeah, always. Brilliant. And so you come from uh, strength and conditioning, uh, kind of a lot of expertise in that area. Next question is around conditioning and yep. the conditioning of the body in terms of contact sports. So you'll see it in the movies, John Cole yeah, Van kickboxer, yeah, and you'll see guys there kicking trees. And they're whacking things on their limbs, um, and also you'll see it in like Muay Thai in, 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 in like in Muay Thai in, cultures in Thailand, as well, yeah. where they're kicking objects and things like that in terms of trees mainly. Yeah, the banana tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's soft. Okay. Yeah, 
So, what is your understanding of that in terms of physical conditioning of the tissue? And does it serve a purpose? Yes, it does. So, um, but again, like... Does punching wall, punching walls? You, you, could, you could get to punching walls, but you would have to have a starting point. Okay. So, again, um, like in, when, I went to, when I was in Thailand, they mm. had... And, and this is what people... And again, for me, because I always look at a strength conditioning background... It's I, I bring that element to it. They had ten bags, and I remember when I when I went there, they had ten bags, and they had a really light bag first. So I had all like little youngins mm. on the bag, and he was kicking his bag. His bag would fly everywhere. Then there was this solid bag, and it wouldn't move, and it, that was filled up with uh, sawdust and sand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So my understanding of it was you start here, yeah, yeah, and you end up there, and then you end up over there, okay. and over the years that bag will become too light. So once you kick that bag so much. Over the years, so it's not even in one session you'll get to that. No, no, because no, it's, think about it, this, this, this bag is made out of- It's just solid. It's like concrete. This is your problem, Aki, you try and do everything in one session. Yeah, it, but this is true though. So what, what happens is, again, do you, do, you remember, uh, do you remember Mike Mentzer? Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember he done this training book and he said like, I only trained for 15 minutes or something. I didn't recall the book, but I do remember he but wrote he, a book. He wrote yeah. a book and he's, uh, something like I only trained for 15 minutes, mm. but what he didn't tell you was, for the last 20, 30 years, he was training for four hours. Okay. So now he's giving you the end products. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is, again, Instagram and all this stuff, mm. you see the end products of people. And when you see the end products, you don't see all the, all the stuff they've done before. What mm. was it? How did someone become flexible? The journey, yeah. The journey at the beginning. What was they doing at the beginning? They used to probably stretch for three, four hours. Okay. And then they said, oh, I've got my 15 minute routine or my five minute routine that's going to make you flexible. It doesn't, it doesn't work like mm. that. Mm -hmm. So you have to put work in. Yeah, yeah. So you the can't just look at the advanced level. Yeah, because it's like, okay, you, uh, do you know what I always tell the, my students yeah. or a, anyone that trains? Watch babies. Mm. What, what, if you watch a baby, they, they go through the same thing. Mm. And subhanAllah, they do the same. They lay on their back and they just move their arms and legs. And it's like, why, why would, why would you, if you think of as a human, when you lay down, you don't think, oh, I need to move my arms and legs. Babies naturally start doing that. They're training their muscles mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. move. Then all of a sudden, when after that stage, they roll onto the belly, yeah. come back, roll onto the belly, work in the core, mm. roll onto the belly, That's come a back. sick analogy, you know? Then they, then they, it's, 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 it's biology. And again, this Child is like, development, yeah. Yeah, so then, then they all of a sudden, they start pushing up, go back down, mm -hmm. pushing up, go back down. The next stage is crawling. Then they crawl. Then after they start crawling, they hold onto something, stand up, fall down, stand up. Then after- Cut the steps. And holding something. Yeah. So if you look at this process, this is exactly how you should train. Yeah. But the problem is, and I was just saying to someone yesterday, I said, if we had the mentality of adults as a child, all of us will be crawling on our bum. And bare injuries. Because what will happen is, what, what, we'll, what we'll do is, we'll think, oh, I fell down now, and I can't do it, that's what I'm gonna do no more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But as a child, you don't ever think like that. No. You fall down, get back up, fall yeah. down, get back up. Yeah. And you keep doing it until you get to that stage. So this is the same thing with conditioning or anything else. It's small steps to get to that. That's pretty deep, and, man. And, no, and no, that is sick. That is that's sick. mass. And then I just like that, that was wicked. That was a wicked. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just to put this point at bed, right? So don't start with bussing up oak trees and walls. No. But you may get to a stage there. You might get you... sectioned as well. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, people will be very scared of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, not, it's not inherently a bad thing if you're someone who's focusing on conditioning gradually. Yeah, that, that's the way to do it, though. Because okay. look, again, the idea is, so for example, say if you're, you're my fighter and you, you've got a 250,000 pound fight coming up or contract or something. Now I go to, oh, you know what? Let's go kick this tree to make you strong. But you've never done this before. That's a problem. 
and then you kick this tree, you myself. get injured, now you don't get paid. Mm. So now we're all stuck. Mm. The idea is always, how do I make this guy safe mm. and get him strong, but mm. keep him safe? Mm. Strength and conditioning, the same thing. How do I get to lift 200 kilos, but be safe along the way? 2.5 kilo increments, slowly. Once my body adapts to it, I add another 2.5 kilos. Mm -hmm. And that's how I progress. But the problem is, again, we have this, as we become adults, He's picking up 120. Why can't I pick up 120? He picks true. up, and this is, and this is a very very dangerous mentality. Yeah. So that I was saying to the guys yesterday as it's well, pr it's pride training. It's pride training, isn't yeah. it? That's and again, you know, even, even ego training, even, it's problematic. But even though the, the, one of the main things in martial arts is, and even in life, um, is knowing oneself. Mm -hmm. So if you know your characteristics, if you know who you are, what you stand for, and stuff, then you don't really fall into this trap. So when you go to the gym, you're always happy that someone's doing well. Mm. If someone's uh, skillful, mm. you learn off them. Mm. You don't go in and you don't start competing with these people. Mm. You're only going to always compete with yourself. For sure. That's That's good, Alhamdulillah. Man. Alhamdulillah, man. Um, next question is uh, around learning new skills, especially yeah. in martial arts. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of people that follow MMA and boxing mm. um, and they'll stay up at night and they'll watch UFC, Bellator and everything else. Um, and they'll have a favorite fighter. And they'll watch your old training videos, yeah, they'll watch the your training videos and the desert line videos from back in the day. And they want to be like Khalid Smail and they want to kick people and all these things. Finish them in seven seconds and that, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, what, is, what, what are your views or what would you say, and is it true, that someone can develop skills in combat and mixed martial arts from just being a huge fan and watching? And literally watching religiously. Yeah. And then thinking, and uh, is it possible that they can watch it, watch it, watch it, they follow everything? And improvise I think, moves. Uh, I got another story for you as well. well love, love so, story. so this, so this, this is this is what um, I would say. Even if you're watching, even if you're training and you and you train a little bit and you watch a lot of YouTube videos to try to get the techniques and all this stuff, it's a good point of reference. Mm. No problem. Cool. Watch it as a point of reference. Even if you watch a lot of UFC, it's a point of reference for you. I was doing. I I taught myself how to do backflips. Yeah. So I was self-taught backflip. Okay. When I went to a gymnastics club, when I used to do a backflip, I didn't I didn't know that when I when I was backflipping, my legs used to open up. Okay. So when I started trying to join moves up, mm. I could never do it. So then the coach that was there said, "Oh, this is the problem. Your feet don't join up, and this is why you cannot join moves. This is exactly the problem with watching off YouTube or." Um, trying to learn off you telly, yeah. because what happens is you kind of get it mm. but you don't get it mm -hmm. you, you, you have a, like a general understanding but the actual intricate details you won't know why does one guy go from one move to another why does he find it easy to go from one move why to another why is his arm there for why is his arm for how comes the guy put his arm there mm -hmm. So there was something that the guy did prior to make his arm go there so these are the things the that, sequences you won't get yeah and then uh, as humans we, we, we're all um we all learn from life experiences. So life experiences being in contact with people. Sure. So when you actually are in contact and you feel, okay, I got caught with this move. That's why, that's why it this happened This is why me. it happened to me. Okay. And this is why it happened to that guy. Like even MMA, I've done a seminar um, at a wrestling club mm. and pure wrestlers. So I was showing them how um, grappling for MMA. So now we was doing strikes from the wrestling position. Now these guys are seasoned wrestlers. Mm -hmm. But when we was going underhook, I, and I was trying to pummel. Mm -hmm. I didn't even pummel. I just bump elbowed him. That's it. Then he was like, "Oh, what was?" It? I said, "Yeah, because you're in wrestling mode. I'm in fighting mode." That's right. I can strike you. Yeah. So and this and this is the difference. But what happens is, it's like as a wrestler, they'll watch 
because they're understanding his wrestling. That's right. So they'll watch. Oh, why did he put his underhook? Yeah, because you was he's mm. not aware that yeah, yeah, yeah. the other guy can elbow. Why is he not? Why is he not letting go of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's gonna get need. So they, there's other things. So unless you do the art, because I have guy and I've seen guys who only wrestle teach wrestling for MMA. Are you are you qualified to teach that if you've never been punched in your face? But 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 can't he just teach you as a one di- one dimensional skill set? No, but when you think about, think about what he said, wrestling for MMA. Oh, okay, okay, in that the context of, of MMA, not wrestling, not yeah, not wrestling. Mm. You're not teaching wrestling. Come wrestling in the context that you're wrestling, but you can get sparked as well, yeah. And no, then so that going to come yeah. at you. So, so what he's showing okay. is, if the guy throws a punch, you do this. But you've never done MMA in your yeah, life. You've fun. never been punched in your face in your okay. life. So. How do you know this works? I get it. Mm. You get it? Mad. Spot. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and this is the thing, and, it, and again, this is knowing yourself. What about boxing training then? Boxing. What, about, what, about, what about when Conor, Khabib and these guys and, 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 and everyone, everyone else, yeah. they, they, get, they get As a boxing. baseline striking yeah, skill. Yeah. Striking skill boxing. So do they need a boxing trainer who's done MMA as well, who can get taken down to the ground? But again, this, see, this, this is, see, you know, for me, I, at 18, I studied everything. I started jiu-jitsu, kickbox- I was kickboxing, and uh, I had a fight on the street, and then um, and then I, I was attacked by two guys. So then I ended up knocking one out, and the other one fell on the floor. And then he pulled my top, mm. and this, this is how my jujitsu journey started as well. So, 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 when he, so he pulled my top, and I was trying to hit him, and I couldn't, couldn't hit him. And he just holding my, I was like this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I was, and then after, uh, so after that, I went home, and then uh, and I remember I was watching UFC, and I thought. Man, this guy, if he knew jiu-jitsu, he would have pulled me in for a triangle. I need to learn this. Mm. So now I, I added jiu-jitsu to my striking skills mm. because I, I felt it in real life. That's right. I understood. Even I had a, I had quite a few fights. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was another time I, was, uh, I had a fight and I, and I tripped on the pavement mm. and I fell on a car. I pulled guard, held the guy, boom, boom, boom. But the thing is though, it's like, if I didn't know jiu-jitsu, I would have panicked because if I was a stand-up guy, I would have gone... Oh, what do I do now? Try stand again. Yeah. And it'll be like, trying yeah, yeah. to get up and I probably got to a punch. All I did, cover, elbow, put a little choke on. Boom, then, done. Yeah, so it was like, that. So, so you can see. You adapted to the situation yeah. because yeah. of that skill set. And that yeah. is the mix, martial arts side. Yeah, yeah. Now, as a striking coach, boxing coach, if you threw two shots, one, two, and your fighter slipped, what are you talking about now? Mm. You've never experienced it. Oh mm. God, yeah. So you're gonna ref's not gonna come in and let you get back up and yeah. say it's a slip. But even then, even then, even if he's a, even if he's coaching in MMA, mm. yeah, he knows the boxing side. Uh, uh, for example, uh, I had a boxing coach for one of my camps, and we, I was sparring, but we were doing MMA sparring. We were sparring, and he was coaching the other fighter because yeah. uh, in the sparring session. So as we were going, he kept saying to him, "Move to your, move him to move to his right." So we're sparring, move to your right. As he moved to his right, I threw a spinning hook kick and knocked him out. Oh, good Lord. Because why? In boxing, yeah, cool. Because now you're away from my yeah, that's it. hook. But you got him with your left. But I caught him with my spinning kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just set him up for it. And I was trying to make him, he goes, oh, I didn't think of that. I said, yeah, because you ain't done kickboxing. There's so many techniques that we throw. And obviously, what type of combat sport you do as well. Uh, I come from a Kyokushin background. Muay Thai background mm. so we have axe kicks mm. spinning hook kicks spinning back kicks triple side kicks so all these type of moves in our in our uh, arsenal mm. so now what happens is when you fight people if they don't have to deal with it you already see them yeah, yeah. Panic. panic because they don't know they've yeah, never yeah. dealt with it 
And this is and this and this is this is one of the things. So what's the coach gonna say to you? Uh, just move away. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're now basically saying that, or kind of at least alluding to that, even the trainers who are preparing the fighters, they themselves need to be three dimensional. Well, at least it's MMA. It's MMA. Yeah. Think, would you trust? Would you trust me if I've never done MMA before? If if I was given the choice between you and I was preparing for a fight and someone was just about to choose you, bro. No, I'm saying to you, no. If if would you trust me? If I've never done MMA Course before, not. so in the corner, how am I, I going to trust you? If, I'm gonna if I've never, if I went in the corner, I've never had a fight in my life as well. And I went and I said to you, you know what you got? Well, I had a fight when I was twelve years old. I was a boxing champion at twelve. What are you doing at my ringside, bro? Thank you. Because yeah. when, when 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 the shit hits the fan, yeah, you're going to be sitting there, and then you're going to think, oh, this guy's never actually fought at this level. Yeah, and it happens. Because remember, you'll be, you'll be thinking that in A and E as well. Yeah, you would though. No, so, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> well, it, it happens. It happens all the time. Okay, listen. So when. Do you know of, obviously, if you do know of any case, you'd have to mention the names. Do you know of fighters who have previously done stuff like that, where they've had trainers who are not three dimensional, who are not MMA trained, but they're just single skill set trainers? Amazing mistakes. I have, yeah. I have. I've had that. Yeah. I've had that. And then when I look back and I'm thinking a lot, of, a lot of the stuff we were doing, I was like, oh my God. Like me as a coach, and because I couldn't coach myself. Mm. So. Um, I had to bring people in, but mm. then it's very short. You got very uh, a short list of people who are very complete. Mm. This is true. Yeah. So yeah. who like um, if I if, so there's people who've done boxing, and they do MMA. But what level of boxing do you do? I done I done like I've, I said sports coaches. I've done boxing till I was twelve or thirteen. Okay, but that's not really a high level. Twelve, thirteen mm. is child level. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. You haven't actually been hit by a real man. You're not competed really. Yeah. So yeah, is is. You've had competitions in the amateur thing, but you've never felt that eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old guy hit you. A fully grown man strength. punch you. Yeah. I remember when I turned. I remember up to eighteen, I couldn't knock out anyone. Eighteen. Uh, do you remember Jackie Chan Wheels of Mills? Of course. Yeah. You remember the best movies. Do you remember when he hits uh, Benny the Jet? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. That's happened to me. Eighteen years old. I hit a guy, and before the major competitions, <laughs> could not hit a guy. Went to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Where did that come from? And then you kind of like, because then you start developing man strength. And then the lion was born, yeah? But that's, yeah, yeah. you get your man strength. Yeah, so yeah, then it's right. like, oh, I get it now. Okay. Like, and it was different. I, and I could see when I would hit people that their face would change. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, In they, more than one way. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's cold. <laughs> oh, so this is a really good segue into the next question, which is traditional martial arts, yeah? Um, karate, for example. Tung Su Du, Taekwondo. Taekwondo and others, Wing Chun and other things, yeah? Um, what function do you reckon they have now and or rather have they become redundant in this new kind of era of mixed martial arts and, and, and this type of combat sports? I love traditional martial arts. Yeah. I love tra I love everything about traditional martial arts. I love everything that it brings. The discipline, um, honour, loyalty, er everything that it has embodies is what I stand for. Styles never make fights. Styles never make the fighters either. Mm. So Machida is a karate guy. Mm. Yeah. Smashed up bare people, mm. UFC middleweight champion. Yeah, one of the most so, celebrated. Yeah, middleweight or lightweight. I think he was, he was, he was, he was both. Were you football? He was like yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Middle, yeah. So e even even this. So Stephen Thompson, kickboxing background. So you've got so many people that have studied traditional martial arts. Brazilian jiu jitsu, is a, if you actually look at it, is a traditional martial art. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess what I mean is traditional striking martial arts. Yes. Eastern. The, the the thing is though, what you need to understand is be aware of bullshitters. And this is in MMA as well now. I recently saw uh, a poster of a guy put uh, karate uh, and then mixed martial arts. 
It's like, it's like either, either it's karate or yeah, it's mixed martial arts. Yeah, but what's happened now, on the back of marketing, mm. on the back of the, the rise of MMA, you're just going to throw that in there. Mm. Um, I, I, uh, this happened in the 70s. When Bruce Lee, when Bruce Lee uh, first exploded in the UK, um, my teacher, he used to, he used to uh, teach and he goes, he was in a theatre and he goes, we used to have like nearly 50, 60 people, 100 people turn up in the night. Yeah. And he goes, then you get guys in the back and they're like, uh, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, counting the amount of money that these guys are making. Yeah, yeah. Then this guy will go buy a black belt. Everything that you do on a Monday night, he'll teach on a Tuesday night somewhere else and they're making money. Wow. And this, and again, this because you remember, you're going to have businessmen around. Yeah, and this is what happens. Exploiting it. Yeah. This is what happens. But again, so as parents, if you're getting your kids starting off, go to reputable clubs, go to instructors that have, again, depending on what you want, so go to different, go to three clubs in a, over a month or four clubs in a month, check the audience instructors and see you might find differences and what, 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 what this level of this guy has fought or this guy's never fought, but he has a good personality. He teaches well, good coaching mm. curriculum. Then, then you can choose where you want to fit, where you fit in. It's very important. I think people just go, I think, and just see martial arts and they go into that club and say, okay, I'm going to give you my money and mm. you teach me. And this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Now, so, so, but, 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 but you're still maintaining the position that Tang Soo Do, Taekwondo, Karate and, and, and all these, they still have a relevance. Of course they do. They have their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course they do. They, 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 these, these, these arts, um, these arts, like I said, the traditional arts, um, just all they need to do now is um, st keep doing what they're doing but just have adapt. Uh, not adapt. I want to say adapt, but understand that if you put combat into it. So if if I done karate and I would say, Look, let's punch to the face. Mm. Let's not just do sport karate. Mm. Let's punch to the face. So let's not stop just on that gakazuki. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's carry on and then see where it goes. If it goes into a grappling, right. I need to learn a little bit of grappling now. Mm. Then I would go to a jiu-jitsu club, but I'd bring that jiu-jitsu with my karate style. But hi, they probably know that though already, bro. But again, but do you know back in the day as well, the Chinese, mm. the Chinese, what the, the the Chinese martial arts how it how it used to work was, um, the instructor would travel. Yeah. They would, and the students would, uh, one student would take over the, cl the mm. classes, and they would they would learn. And then the instructor would go to different places, provinces, learn and, and so, bring it back. And bring it back. Yeah. And this is what you should be doing as a master. Yeah, like you should yeah. constantly evolving. Mm. So now, as an instructor, don't think that you're less. Mm. Think of you're always learning. Mm. So even that, uh, uh, me now, I'm still learning. I want to keep learning. Yeah. So then my students will always benefit. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this, and that's, and that's, and that's the, that's the, that's that is what martial arts is, and that's mm. why we stay in it for so long because oh. we never feel that we know enough. Always okay. developing. Yeah. Wicked. Always. Next QB. Last one is um, sleep mm. and rest. Yeah. Um, how important is it, specifically former fighter now as a coach, um, the role of sleep in terms of performance, training, recovery? And to like add that. to that, Khalid, is it, does it matter? Okay, so there's a the whole kind of six to eight hour thing, yeah? Does it matter when that six to eight hours is being slept or does it have to be done at night? Well, I don't think it's six to eight, it's eight hours plus. Probably. No, it's six to eight, bro. Is it actually? Okay. Yeah, you can't. You have, street, you have sleep cycles. The sleep yeah. cycles, 90 minutes sleep. Yeah. So you, you know you know heard about these? No, sleep cycles. Really so you, your, your body sleeps in 90 minute sleep cycles. Um, so like, if you went to wake up at eight and you missed, and you want eight hours sleep and you miss a certain point. I want to wake up at half nine. 
or you want to wake up at half nine or yeah. wh- whatever time you want to wake yeah. up, the, your your body sleeps in night. I think you can find it on the net anyway. Yeah. The, it's, it's 90 minute sleep cycles. So it'll tell you don't sleep at 12, sleep at one and you'll wake up fresh for 9.30 because okay. your body will go into this sleep cycle because okay. mm. you don't wake up in between the sleep cycle and when you wake up in between that's when you feel groggy yes, and stuff. Okay. I don't know if you never noticed sometimes you can sleep really late 100%. wake up and you're really early well, we've you up, this, this yes. is what I'm thinking I'm yeah. thinking sometimes you've got good amount of sleep and more, still, than, more than the night before where you've been under, where you've yeah. underslept yeah. and you feel good yeah so these are the sleep cycles so not understanding the sleep cycles when you have your 90 minute sleep cycle Bang. Because you, uh, you know, you got level one, level two, level yeah, three, yes. like sleep. So this is what happens: it goes through those levels, and you wake up at the right point. Um, and obviously, again, are we tra- in in regards to sleep? If you're talking about training, yeah, and and rest. If you talk, if you look at training, so basically, if there's a, a graph, so we had like a, a zero here, and that's for you, mm. and that's your graph, normal state. When you train, your body goes through fatigue, so mm. it drops, mm. yeah. And then uh, when you when you rest, it starts the curve will go up, yeah. yeah? It will go back to that line of zero and it will go just above it because you've uh, stressed it out. It mm. needs to recover and it will actually increase in its strength or whatever it wanted conditioning because it didn't like what you just did to it. Mm. If you don't rest correctly, what will happen is you go here, you don't get back to that line and then it will go again. You train again. So your curve will go downwards. And, and overall, you And overall, and this is why overtraining syndrome happens. So mm. you start overtraining and you lack motivation. So a lot of people, when they hit the gym seven days a week and you see them out oh, the guy don't go to the gym after one two weeks it's because of this or a month or two months this is what happens you're, they have over overtraining syndrome and you can have adrenaline fatigue so if you have adrenaline fatigue it takes you one year to recover mm. um but if you tr- train and you rest correctly yeah your curve will go upwards so you'll see this nice progression mm. kind of thing and this is why you have to always monitor stuff that you do. Okay, even, okay so, so moving away from training and, and the normal lay human being, right? Yeah. Um, there's still that kind of myth that exists that the human body needs six to eight hours. And so even with your 90, what you said about the 90 minute uh, sleeping cycle, yeah? yeah? The point I'm trying to make is, does the person who sleeps at 11 o'clock at night, wakes up at seven or eight in the morning, different to the man who works in a factory night shift, uh, and the, and goes to sleep at six in the morning, wakes up at two in the afternoon. Uh, again, what, what perspective are we looking at? Islamic, the, Islamically, what, what does it say? Well, Islamically, you're going to miss a lot of your prayers, bro, to yeah. be honest. But, yeah. but even it says the night is made for, for sleep. Done. Exactly. Simple. Well, that's, okay, that's true. <laughs> that's it. Because if, if, again, if we want to go, uh, yeah, 2020, yeah, and yeah. start to, but if we look at where, what we believe in mm. and stuff, this, this is written for us, and you know it's correct. The night, so, the night, the night is for sleep. Okay. When you start working shift work, mm. I've never met anyone in shift where they're, uh, they're always all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No routine. They, yeah. ha- they, f- they struggle yeah. and it's like um, it's and I know from personal experience when, when the sun's out it's nice I don't want to be at home mm. I want to be mm. yeah. doing you things you don't want to be sleeping yeah. I don't want to be sleeping I couldn't shut the curtains and go to sleep yeah, yeah. It's, it's not nice yeah. so I've got two questions now for you yeah? so okay. Akis is done if you were the minister of health in the UK yeah. what three three foods would you ban three foods would I ban mm. chicken and chips really yeah Bruh. Tasty or you're from East London, bro. What's wrong with That's you? probably why you're gonna ban it. There's too many. So we say, are we taking chicken and chips as one? Yeah, or are you saying fried chicken? It and has to be one. Fried. It can't be two, man. Three foods. You're the minister of health, yeah. based on your experience in mixed martial arts training, coaching, and everything. A lot of hearts getting broken. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Boris. Boris has come to you. Say, right, Khalid, boom, new position now. Ban three foods. So after you've kicked him, what three would you foods. Say? What three foods? So many. 
yeah, the worst. Take, take away, yeah. So take away stuff is okay. Oh, that's harsh, man. You're a tyrant, bro. Hang on, hang on. He's a health minister, yeah. He's he's calling. But he said takeaway, bro. Chicken and yeah. chips. You can't ban all takeaway. Okay, so are you saying takeaways, yeah? No, no. Just I would say I would say like the greasy. Fried food. fried food. Okay. Do- Donna, like, chicken and chips. Yeah. Donna, oh, definitely Donna. Donna, you would have, bro. Donna, you have to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. But man, no, no good fats in that. I'll tell you what. I stopped. I stopped <laughs> eating Donna kebabs when I was. I remember I was nineteen. I was walking to university in the morning, and think about this though. So the kebab shop was closed. Yeah. And I'm walking past, and I saw that you know the yeah yeah the, the oh, Donna the, the grease dry up, it, but it looked grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I saw that, I went, ah. Oh, Never ate it again. Never. I could, just uh, every time I looked at it, it just looked great. Oh. And I could. I couldn't. And I still to this day I still remember this. Yeah. So Donna's. So bad. like Donna, and you remember what is Donna made out of? Okay. It's just it's just, just leftovers. It's mechanically of recovered, isn't it? Yeah. So I think any food. Okay. They're your three things. Anything that's made similar to that, mm. you need to ban. Okay. So I don't know which foods are, but if there, if there are okay. foods. So if the chicken is made, mm. um, if the chicken is pots, then. Mm. Yeah. So, but you're okay with like chocolates, for example, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah tra- as a treat I think, or something. Yeah, a treat. Yeah. I, even even te- look to be honest, I have treat meals. So mm-hmm. te- so take takeaways and stuff. I don't I don't see there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Um, again, when, when did you last have chicken and chips? Southern fried chicken and chips. That uh, good boss. That good boss man stuff. I would say about three four weeks ago. Three four weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. Donami was no. that long ago. Yeah. No, no, no. Donami. That's only nineteen. Yeah. Mm. I probably like like and even what I tend to do is go out and have healthy options. Mm. So more like like probably Mediterranean food. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like a dana. Like grilled meat. Grilled meat. What about curry? Yeah. Do you like, do you like biryani? Yeah, yeah. I see, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's nice is, uh, I'm going to go to Tayyib's. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The famous Dave's, yeah, yeah. okay. And Lahore. Uh, Lahore, Lahore, yeah? yeah? Let me ask you, uh, this is a digression question, but only because you're Moroccan, I have to ask you of Moroccan descent anyway, yeah? Biryani is better than tajine, isn't it? <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I or couscous, it's better than couscous. No, no, no. It's personal, man. But we know one time we said that to one of our Libyan friends, the guy's face changed, you know. No. We, said, brother, we said, don't ever compare couscous to biryani. He's remember no. Hussam flipped. Yeah. He's like, yo. <laughs> okay, Khalid's not having none of it. No, no. You're stranded in an island yeah. and you had to take three foods with you. Yeah. What three foods would you take? You're stranded in an island. The only thing you got is salty beach water. You get before you've even thought about hunting animals if there are any animals on this island you've got three unlimited access to three foods what would you take what would you take or drinks or whatever tajin mm. which couscous. one which, which tajin would you take oh the meat tajin okay, yeah, yeah. couscous okay and then uh I'll probably take some chobs with me, some bread, Moroccan yeah, yeah, bread. Yeah, yeah. Khalid's not converting to biryani. Yeah. If, if, he's, if he's trying to Ali, he's taking tajin. <laughs> and biryani's not even. <laughs> okay, okay. Can I ask a question? Which is linked, yeah? What would be your ideal, what would be your ideal cheat meal? Ideal cheat meal? What does it look like? Um, I, I've been known to go to town. Mm. So yeah, 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 let's hear yeah. it. I have like a blue bag day, we call it. Yeah. Right, what's so that? I go to, I, t- I, went, I went to the petrol station I go to the petrol station and I buy two chocolates of every single oh, wow. Kinder Bueno, Cadbury's, yeah? Crisp, everything. Yeah. And the guy said to me last time, he goes, are you having a party? I said, nah, bruv. Yeah, I am <laughs> in some ways, yeah. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Real? Well, like, he just said, like, are you having a big party? No, no, just me. No, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so like, cho- like I have a, because I don't, I don't try two to Two of each? Too. Yeah, man. Mm. But it's like, I have a sugar buzz okay. after, not good. Um, <laughs> again, but this, 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 
this was a problem I had to sort out though. Mm. I haven't done this for a long time, but okay. um, this was a problem I saw. Cause I used to do, um, I used to experiment and I started doing like a bodybuilding type diet. Yeah. So chicken, brown rice, broccoli, mm. six times a day, never again. I couldn't eat chicken for a whole year because yeah. the smell of it. Yeah, 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 Cause yeah. I'd done it for like three, four months, just constant. And then I'd have a free day. So my whole week would be for this Sunday to have this free meal. And it'd be like Sunday free meal. And then I'd say when it, when, I'd say when it started getting um, bad was I wouldn't wake up at eight o'clock on a Sunday. I start waking up at six o'clock on a Sunday to start my treat meal. Mm. Then I started waking waking up at four. Okay. Then I'd wait up wait up until twelve twelve or one. And then and then I started actually this is wrong. This like, this is mentally because uh, you're torturing yourself, but you're yeah, having exactly. six meals of the same thing, thing every day. Every day, bro. yeah. So then after, and this is why I avoid people doing diets. Mm. I don't. I try not to get people onto diets. Mm. Okay. Eating healthy is good. Mm. Um, and again, this is from experience. Unless you've done that, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't know what when people what people go through. So like this whole thing. And again, it was like the whole week. You're, all you're doing is talk about food. Mm. The whole week you're, yeah, you're yeah. having your food. You're like, I can't wait to Sunday. Mm. I can't wait to Sunday. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. And it's like then. Then sometimes during the week, I'd have the chocolates, and I'd put them on my bed, and I'd just. Smell them, like, and it's. Then you think, but you think it's. it's, it's yeah, when, you, when you look back, you think yourself, that's. And a lot of people still do it now. So yeah, it's, actually, it's not good. Yeah, we've done it, bro. We've done it. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah, where you fantasize about it exactly. and like you obsess and you smell it, and it's in the wrapper. You can't smell it. Yeah, yeah. Bro. You're smelling. You smell that plastic. Why? You're smelling it. Like open up jars of biscuits and you're smelling it. And I started eating a lot of stuff that I wouldn't eat. I never used to eat prior to doing this diet. So I like. I see. I remember one of the things. Hobnob. Um, hobnob biscuits. Yeah. I never used to have hobnob. Then all of a sudden, I just had a, uh, an, urge like a, a an urge for it. And I used to buy like the 500 gram ones, oh, wow. smash two of them out. <laughs> and it was like, uh, yeah. why, are you do why are you doing this for? And it, and it is purely because you've told yourself not to have this during mm. the week mm. and you just refrain, refrain, refrain. But during, before that, mm. you would probably just if you wanted to have a biscuit, it's you'd have thing, it. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Food wasn't Then a it thing. becomes impulsive. We, we, did, we did keto religiously yeah. for about Two, two, well, I did it for two for three months. I got the results that I needed as in weight loss, but it wasn't good for me in training. Like I felt weak at gym. Yeah. Um, and I just started fantasizing over certain foods. Literally, yeah. like it's not even, a, like I didn't really care. Literally what you said, I don't care I'm about this. I'm much bread. I'm not a tea drinker. I'm, I'm not a milk tea drinker. Yeah. But I'm just like cream, literally yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah? And you start talking about food all the time and then we stopped. So I got my results. I, lo I lost the weight that I needed. But it did affect my training. Yeah. I felt weak. Yeah. And my life just became about the certain foods that I couldn't have. Yeah. Mm. So locked it off. Yeah. Locked yeah, I, 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 again, this, so I done, uh, after this, after this episode, mm. I ended up doing nutritional, um, courses and stuff. Mm. So I went into a lot of all, all this stuff because I found, the other thing I found was, do you know about somatotypes? So no. you have, uh, you probably, probably know. Somatotypes, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Exomorph, endomorph, and oh, mesomorph, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the so, so usually, usually we're, we're, we're a cross between two, mm -hmm. but this changes over time as well. So as you get older, you might be a meso endo, but then as you get older, you might be an endo meso. So which are endo endo endomorph is someone who's a bit more pear shaped, holds a little bit more fat, very strong, but holds a little more fat. You have to adjust your diet to this. Mm -hmm. Now, for example, there was again coaches. Again, let's go back to fighting. You might have a fighter who's very strict on his diet. He has one cheat day. He puts on three four kilos. Yeah. Someone else he has four cheat days. He eats shit all the time. Doesn't put nothing on. Doesn't put nothing yeah. on. And then the coach says, oh, you're I'm not kidding. training. You're not training hard enough. Go run for four miles. Go and do this." But that's because the coach hasn't understood his body type. Yeah, and he hasn't understood his. Again, this is a, again, this is a. But again, you remember, you pay nutritionists to 
to, uh, some, to know this. Yeah. So, but you're asking one guy to know everything. So yeah, yeah. this, unfortunately, because I was watching a program about um, um, some little boxers mm. and I felt really bad for this little boy. He was, um, all the whole team, they were training for a fight and his genetic makeup looked more endomezo. Mm. So he was, he looked strong, mashallah, but he, he, held, he, looked, he looked like he held body fat. Mm. He needed to, someone to help him with his diet mm. because uh, not too much carbohydrates, mm. so control his carbohydrates, high protein to fill his body up and a lot of vegetables, like good broccoli mm. and all this stuff as well, yeah? Um, and it will fill up and then drink a lot of water. He, he didn't have no one to look after this way. So he, he had to keep making weight on every they weighed him mm. in front of everyone they're embarrassing him like oh you put on four kilos mm. why are you put on and I'll go run for four and he's crying but oh, this guy yeah. after a little while you think this guy's going to carry on fighting of course not and that's why a lot of boxes and stuff or a lot of fighters you end up going really big mm. is because of the torture that you've put them through if they if you understand someone's body then you'll understand someone is they are hard workers a lot of people are hard workers yeah. they they need help with the food because this is, I remember food, a lot of people make a lot of money out of this mm. fitness industry. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of fads and stuff. Mm. So the keto and this diet and that diet. It was like, uh, for example, let me give you an example. So Mediterranean diet, mm. amazing diet, yeah? Have you studied the effects of a Mediterranean diet in the UK over a hundred year period to know what it affects it has on people in the UK. Absolutely not. I'm you haven't done that. Yeah. Because okay. The, because the lifestyle of the people in the Mediterranean are different. Yeah, but not that. But okay. So I say say I'm from Mediterranean. Yeah? yeah. I adopt that thing. So genetically, okay, it suits me. Okay, you're making uh, Caucasian people who are born in the UK mm. to take on this diet. You're asking Pakistani people for uh, um, first generation mm. to take on a Mediterranean diet. Yeah. But have you what 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 effect has this had on it? There's, so there's no studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're just like okay, it's a great diet. Yeah, because these people live for 120 years. Yeah, but we don't we don't know what else is there. Mm. Could be the sun, sea, snow stress levels. There's so many factors. Mm. But what happens is it's a money making thing. If I give you this thick pill, it's gonna make you slim. Mm. You'll take it. Okay. And this is, and this and this is and this is what this, this is the thing, and they know that. Mm. Can someone work out their body themselves? Because because yeah. can someone who doesn't have access to nutritionists, to trainers, to advisors, someone who wants to look after their body, do you think they can clock their own body? You can, you can. But again, this 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 is what this is. I'm very I'm very scientific with a lot of stuff I do. So what happens is again we said start off with the goal with your training, yeah. Mm. Now your diet. How many people actually write down what they eat? Not many. They don't. Write down what you eat. Write down how you felt after each meal. If you want to go, if you want to be serious about it. Okay, I had, say you had, uh, say you, your, your body doesn't agree with lentils, for example. You have lentils and how do you feel after? So you might write down, I, I feel really, feel really bloated. And then you see a trend that when you eat lentils on a certain day, that it bloats you. Take lentils out now. Do you bloat? So these are the things that you might need to do, okay. and you can work it, work all this stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Certain foods have have high carbohydrates before training. Mm. Have um, see how it affects your training. Like you said, keto, mm. you don't have mm. no carbohydrates. Yeah. So have carbohydrates before your training and see how you feel. Felt good. Felt strong. That's exactly. I felt weak. Then, then you can choose. Yeah. Then you can start playing around with mm. what carbohydrate when mm. you eat pasta. Mm. What type of uh, energy system? Uh, how does it affect your energy system when you train? Then mm. if you have brown rice or yeah, yeah, white yeah. rice, or so you can start seeing which one would affect your body. But a lot of people don't do this. Okay. Now, obviously, that's my. That was the opening cues, bro. That was like, <laughs> Mashallah, that was wicked. That was, wicked. That, that, that was like a podcast in itself. Loved it. Now, obviously, look. Your last fight was in 2015, yeah. right? And it was out of your professional MMA fight, you fought five, won four, and that was the loss. Yeah. 
how come you never went back to fighting after that 2015 um 2015 because you, you had two fights in 2015 yeah that's and right. that was the one year that you had two fights previous years you you fought like once a year yeah that year you had two fights yeah and and the last fight you lost and you never yeah. came back unfortunately uh for me i again this and this is why uh i'm quite um adamant on coaching people properly and mm. stuff um my f the reason I always end up having one fight was I kept getting injured. So the first time I tore my bicep, mm. so I had one fight, I tore my bicep, uh, took one year to recover, came back, yeah, yeah, yeah. tore my ACL. Yeah. Um, so, then I tore my, so I tore my ACL four times. Wow. Yeah. The last, the la the last 2015, uh, I, the, the fight that I lost, mm. um, I, tore, I tore something in my shoulder and my hip. Because the doctor stoppage, wasn't it? Yeah, but prior, prior in the in the camp, mm -hmm. and I got I got the I had a guy with me that was part of the camp. He was the physio and stuff, mm -hmm. so he knew the about the injury. Mm -hmm. So it was my shoulder and my hip was already torn. Mm -hmm. So then when I when I injured it in the fight, I said to him, "I can carry on," but he goes to me, he goes, "It's better stop." He goes, "You're going to be out for ages okay. again." It was, a, it was a doctor stoppage. Yeah, it? but it was just uh, again. So when he came to the corner, yeah. my, I, I felt my shoulder go. And then, because we, because in the camp it was, you and, know, you felt, and you felt you could carry on. But again, it's but like how do you, to fight you, you don't. You, biceps, again, you, you don't. The thing is, though, it's like as a fighter, it's I think it's responsibility for the people around you to look after you. Yeah, so yeah. even if you, as a fighter, you want, you'll always want to fight. You're a fighter. Yeah. Um, another thing that's, that you should really question that it's more. Okay, if I f don't fight, if I go now and fight, I'm going to be out for another three years or two years, and yeah. it's, and then it's going to affect you. And then it's like over what? So it's, so this this was what we decided before. If it gets worse, this is what we're gonna do. So he called. He said, "Don't don't carry on." Um, after that, I mm. told my ACL again, twice. So you said fourth time. So in 2015, what time was the so, third time? So so yeah. So 2015, I had to go. So those two fights I fought, yeah. I, had, I was I was actually fighting with my ACLs torn. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's pre-op, yeah. So, so yeah, so this is pre-op. So after 2015, I said, okay, let me get my shoulder and my hip sorted out. Uh, then my knees were still, weren't feeling right. But I didn't know that my ACL, because I just, um, again, this is why you have to go to good people. The reason why I'm fascinated, bro, is because I'm, I'm a physio. Yeah? Okay, my sure. So I'm hearing this and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is wild. Crazy, yeah, yeah. yeah so I went, uh, so I, when I went to, uh, when I used to box, when I was training, when I, after my ACL, I was, I was training, I kept throwing my jab and I tried to push back. Don't feel right. Don't feel right. I'm taking too long. The the speed is gone. The, the yeah. proprioception is gone. Like I, and I, then went back to the surgeon. He said, "Oh, it's just gonna take time." Like I go, I go. It just feels like it's lax. Yeah. yeah. Then we went when I had my surgery. He said, "Yeah, the actual ACL tore, and it had like little strand holding it. Yeah. So they took it out, re redone the whole thing again. Um, but so it's practically a rupture. It was it was ruptured. It was ruptured. Yeah, it was gone. It was gone. Um, then I had to do my other leg. Same thing. And then this is the funny one though. So nothing's funny so far, by the way. This is this it just is, sounds this painful. Is, this is hilarious. It's actually hilarious. I had to laugh at it. So yeah. alhamdulillah, this, yeah. I just had, to, uh, had my uh, the, the the brace. Yeah. Went to the loo. So you got to squat down. You did the No, I slipped and my hamstring came off. I tore my whole hamstring, and I had to get it reconnected. And it was like, okay. <laughs> but it's the thing though. It's like that's why you have to alhamdulillah because it's like. There's nothing I could have done. And it was like, I was going to the loo, 
what can you what set can, back upon setback? Yeah, so he just it made it very very difficult to come back like uh, because yeah, just, because yeah, and then I think you know prior when I I rushed to come back uh, for those two fights because mm. I just wanted to because because mm. I'm not want to compete yeah yeah and plus I'm not uh, no spring chicken so yeah. I was I'm forty now so. Mm. You were yeah, late twenties then, weren't you? No, I was thirty-five. Well, thirty-five. What, in, in 2015. With Griffin. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah. I was Did you fight with Wayne. You were twenty. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I was, no, no, I was, I was thirty, thirty something. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. even yeah. against Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So every, every, all this was thirties. Wow. How yeah. did how, so how did dealing with all these injuries and obviously if you're now basically saying that all these injuries contribute towards you not coming back because. Physically, it was just it's just a big problem. And these aren't little niggles, bruv. These are like these are these are major injuries. Like bicycle knows, yeah. more is coming off. Yeah. ACL's coming off. Yeah. Um, How did that affect your relationship with Allah? In the sense that because here you are, you're a fighter, and even when you're not a fighter, you know you're a strong lad. You said that even before, even in between or before you're fighting, you you were having scraps and stuff like that. What 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 is that? Because to certain people. It can actually turn you away from Allah. Yeah. If like Allah, you're you're cursing me. Ruin yeah. my career. You're ruining my career, and it can actually lead man far oh, away. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. So 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 how did that ever come to your mind that as strong as I am and as, as how do you handle that? How yeah. do you handle the injuries, bro? Spiritually. I, like I thought of it differently. Mm. Go on. I thought of it as um, don't think you're no bad man, mm. because when I when I when I tore my bicep, like I said to you, when I tore my bicep, I couldn't do anything. I was relying on a lot of people. And then it was like, yeah, you're just this. Mm. And Allah SWT just, not one thing came off. And it one was just, just just one tendon. Yeah. And you can't fight. You can't do nothing. You're disabled now, like in, more or less in, in a sense of, uh, in the fighting context. Um, ACO, ACO was very, very difficult. It's when I done both legs, because I was bedridden for a little while. Um, that was uh, testing times. But, it, it, I don't know. It made, it, made, it made me. Did it humble yourself? I I I, I, I like to think. No, I, I, no, not to say that you weren't humble before, but no, did, no, it, did, did yeah. it increase your humility? Yes, like even more because it was like, and it was like I, I needed to tell people as well. Like it was like, bruv, take my mm. story mm -hmm. and 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 what it was, it was like take my story and 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 use it to help you. Mm, yeah. So if you got an opportunity, first thing, if you got an opportunity to do something, go after it mm. and try your best at it because. You don't know what's gonna to happen tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, we we were training, and I tore my I tore my bicep in uh, in in a in a last sparring session. Mm. So I don't know. What, so I was ready for fight. Mm. So making sure that these guys and our students and everyone around me and stuff, I said like opportunities when they come, take take them, uh, but don't forget who you're gonna to return to. That's right. If if and and, and in the grander scheme of things, bro, who are we to be this? Yeah, bro, you, you could be, bro. I went to. Uh, Jeanne's uh, a few weeks ago, and then um, and I went to the gym after, and I see a few guys walking around with uh, carpet loaders, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and nothing like thingy. It just it makes you reflect, and I think that is that is it. So you start reflecting. So subhanAllah, man, we think we're really bad, mm. but we're really you're, not. You're not. Mm. And you can be the baddest guy in, in the thing, but you're not, bro. But you're it's gonna like, return to dust, I always remember Muhammad Ali. I said to him, bro, the greatest is fighter's gone. And it's like, know that how many greats have come before the, before him? Mm. Joe Lewis, Sugar Ray Robinson, mm. all of these guys, man. So many fighters, so many strong people, so many leaders. They're all gone, man. Mm. Kings, everything. So if you don't reflect on this, you're the loser. Mm. So what happens is it's like, appreciate what Allah has given you, mm. go after it, do the best you can with it, 
but don't forget you're gonna go back to him. So mm. I think for me it was I've always been grounded, alhamdulillah. So um, everything we do is based on this anyway. So so when I saw you in Abu Dhabi uh, last year, you were with the uh, you were with Uthman Al Zaytar, yes, uh, and he had a wonderful knockout. He got the the knockout of the fight, yeah, yeah, yeah? Sure. Uh, of UFC two four two. Was that culture? Because I saw that even on his intern stuff, Alhamdulillah, you know what I mean? The man appeared at least outwardly, they were, they were grounded on Dean and stuff like that. Is that important to having a camp? To have around, especially as a Muslim fighter? Yeah. We're not saying that Christian fighters don't have it, but we're talking this is a Muslim podcast. So we want to talk about the Muslim fighters, whether it's MMA, boxing, whatever. Do you think that's an important mindset to have? Yeah, I think, look, morality is very important in life. So it's your compass. So what you. Look, I. I, I I've I done something when I was younger. I wrote down certain values. Mm. So I don't know if you always see my posts. I always put like yeah. Bushido, yes. Bushido stuff. Yes. Bushido falls in line with a lot. A lot of the certain things in Bushido falls in line with Islam, mm. in a sense of certain characteristics that you should have. Mm. Now, I wrote. I and again, you can. It's a good exercise if you got kids or anyone. Do, yeah. do do with them. You have a list of all attributes of uh, core values. Mm pick out five or seven of them and live by them seven. So whenever you make a decision, if someone doesn't fall in line, say, anyway, say if me, me and you guys are going out somewhere and you don't fall in line with these things, I have no problem saying to you no, because why? You've come out of my core values. Mm. And because I live by them core values, it makes everything very easy to navigate. navigate and and make live. decisions. Yeah, and decisions. And you never lose sleep, sleep over it because why? It directly affects who you are. Mm. So being in a camp with brothers who actively are trying to practice, trying to be the best that they can, alhamdulillah, it, it's, it makes it easier because what happens is it's not, oh, I need to go to this place because if, the, say for example, you're with people that want to go to the bar and mm. you as a coach don't want to go to the bar, mm. you already got some sort of- There's a barrier there. Barrier there. Or I want to go to a nightclub. I don't, mm. do, I don't want to go to a nightclub. You already got a barrier there. So I'm, what happens is that they might say, oh, he don't really gel with us. What if they want to go to a shisha lounge? <laughs> but I mean, if you want to go to that, like, do your thing, but yeah. I'm saying we're not here to judge anyone, but it's just, it's just like, for, again, it, it's everything is knowing yourself. Yeah. I keep saying, I keep going back to this, mm. knowing yourself, what mm. you stand for, what you want to be and how you want to live your life. Because bruv, no one can dictate mm. the world is yours just as like as anyone else's. Mm. Yeah. So you, you decide and don't worry what anyone else mm. says to be mm. honest. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, obviously as a fighter, is it and, and now as a coach is there is there a difference with regards to how you take victories and losses so for example as a fighter you're someone who's actively competing you're going to go into that ring you're going to smash and get smashed right um is it different and it's very to, personal yeah as in you're competing with this person he's trying to beat you trying to beat them how is it as a coach when you've when you've literally trained the competitor in terms of is it different or do you do you have the same feeling Okay, uh, I've been coaching since I was twenty. So even though you know, when even I was, when you were fighting, you yeah, were coaching, I was fighting, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was coaching. What, were you, what were you coaching? Sorry, that, that's yeah. So I had like loads of pro fighters as well. So I, yeah, yeah. So I've didn't been know that before. Yeah, yeah. So I've been coaching since. Okay, I was, so what's the difference? So I guess yeah. Let's re let's reframe it then. So how does it feel to to win? Um, as a coach, yeah, to share a victory as a coach. Yeah. Then then you're on. So yeah. I get more nervous as a coach. Really. Yeah. Uh, just recently, uh, my nephew fought. Um, What's his name? Give him a shout. Abdurrahman. Alhamdulillah. He fought, he fought. He fought two weeks ago. He uh, he he didn't he didn't tell me. And this is a funny. And I actually went crazy with everyone. Yeah. Everyone was around me. Uh, and I'm not when I when I lose it. I'm not the nicest person because mm -hmm. I don't hold back. So we were, we were we were at home and he 
was he I asked him, Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, alhamdulillah. He got ill. He had a flu. But he was hiding it for me. So on the last day he kept sniffing. Are like, you sniffing? No, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I think it was TV. Oh, okay. And I wasn't paying really paying attention because he said he was okay. Yeah. Got to the fight. Um he didn't he didn't look right, but he said he's okay. Carried on carried on uh he's done the competition. After 10 seconds, he gassed, like, because you're, you're sick. Yeah. You're, you, can't, you can't fight. Um, then you end up losing. After the fight, I was so, because I'm emotionally invested in yeah. you. I trained you, everything as well. You're my nephew. Yeah. Just like any other so fighter. There's so many layers. It, but it, it, this specifically, you're seeing one of your loved ones get hit. You can't do nothing. Mm. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, God, mm. he's not even fighting. He's not even able to defend himself because you're sick. You shouldn't even be in there. If I and as a if you knew what would have happened, you as his, um, yeah, I would have been uh, as his ambi. I should be as his uncle. I would have I would have got in there. For, I would have fought everyone in there for mm -hmm. him to protect him. Mm -hmm. But what happens? You can't now because your rule sets. So I, after the fight, I, and I said, he goes, I'm sick. I said, I, and I lost it. I said to every, all the other fighters, I said, if you ever do this again, I will smash you myself because it's not. I go to him. I go. Why come here and let people who are not as good as you? Have the satisfaction of beating you up, yeah, number yeah. one. Yeah. Second thing, as a coach, I'm here to protect you. I got. I cannot let above you. I don't know. You might be dehydrated. You get hit in your head. Something can happen to you. I was responsible. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's and it's the same thing as always when I train people. If I train someone and someone comes with an attitude like, "Yeah, I want to learn how to fight." Mm. Why do you want to learn how to fight? Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not really interested, bro. I'll tell you why. Because now it's like me putting a gun in your hand. You're adding to a man's incorrect ego. Yeah. Just, I put a gun in your hand, you go and shoot someone. Yeah. And I say, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think so if I teach you to throw punches and you become confident and you and you don't and you're not you're not humble with any of this, mm. this is wrong. Mm. And as a coach, it's not about making money. It's not about yeah. it. it's always about okay, I'm trying to make this guy a better person. Mm. Just like I want him to make me a better person. And we and we become better and obviously as a community, as in as the whole humanity kind of thing. Like we 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 look after each other, mm. and this is this is ultimately because again this and this comes from the martial arts side mm. as well, mm. the discipline side. Like, so, so but but you're saying that as a coach, you're more nervous. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Are you more happy with the victory than as a fighter? Yeah, yeah man, you see me celebrate. Yeah, because it's like it, it's. Yeah, it's, we saw you. Like, yeah. When I first saw you celebrate, you, it was Othman's fight. Yes, it was a, it was a big win. Yeah, because it's like you're you're working with this guy, because unfortunately, coaches are unsung heroes, aren't they? Yeah. So what happens is it's like they. They're with the guy mm. in all his wins, all even when they're feeling down. Mm. The person that he's crying, shoulder mm. crying on is you. Mm. Mm. You're sitting there, don't worry, everything's gonna be on his lows. But they don't necessarily share the glory. And that's and that's and that's it. And again, again, you accept it. Yeah, yeah. You accept it. Um, to bring the podcast to a close, yeah. Now we've already actually quite clearly referenced and alluded to it throughout the podcast with regard to what you just said about a man who comes in and says, "Yeah." I want to learn how to fight, and you're already sensing a negative ego, and that learning this guy, you're doubting his attitude. Yeah, and, and, and learning this guy's self-defense and stuff like this it can actually be more problematic to the kind of person I'm kind of judging as he is. Putting that aside, as a fighter, once you succeed, you get victories, you become a champ, money, contract, uh, sponsorship, it can negatively impact you. We know fighters without mentioning names in MMA, in boxing, people who generally came from humble 
Muslim backgrounds, you know, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after victory. Uh, you know, even even sometimes even alluding to the fact that, you know what, even though I'm in this industry, it's not something I necessarily agree with per se from a religious point of view, but nevertheless, but then money changed them, fame changed them. How what your what would your advice be to those who are within this industry of contact sports are competing um, with the skills, the abilities, the talent and, and the, 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 the trajectory Safeguarding measures yeah. Safeguarding measures against becoming that girl want me, man want me, everyone knows who I am you know, hide, don't, hide. Don't, don't chase fame huh? Number one thing, don't ever chase fame But it, does, but it can come to you Yeah, it? but don't chase fame yeah. So if you've got into this thing So you remember like now, most people who uh, for example, say if someone who makes music, mm. they'll never be seen because they make the music. He's a producer. You, producer. Don't want you want, yeah. Yeah, he probably doesn't want it. He yeah. doesn't have that. Someone who wants to sing and wants to entertain, they want to be seen. So that's their that's their industry. Mm. As a fighter, what do you want to be known as? As a great fighter. A great fighter. I don't care if you like me or not. Mm. But when you see me fight, you say, "Oh, my God, this guy's good." Mm. And this is what I always told the guys. Don't put, don't put things up on your Instagram trying to get followers because why? Let, them, let people follow you because they know that you're a good fighter. So they understand that you've got a reputable um, persona mm. and then your skill set is at a high level. And then that's why people follow. And then again, because so, if you're not chasing this, you're always going to focus on the art. Mm. It's like business, for example. If, you've done a bit, if you open a business... Um, I had a, I had my my gyms mm. my, my my when I had my when I opened my gyms the objective was I thought of it as a baby mm. and I wanted this baby to grow into something big and that's mm. that was my money everything else was a byproduct mm -hmm. me being the owner or anything oh you're the owner I don't care I didn't give a shit about that mm. I wanted just I wanted to make this can I make this thing nurture. succeed nurture it does it does it work and all the pitfalls and it's uh, problematic. Uh, issues I have with it and everything. How can I solve these issues? This is what I was after. So I was always, I, I didn't care about all that other stuff. But well, so, like what you've just described, it's the same mindset I had with Five Pillars, my news website. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. I want to see what works, what didn't work, the light. I want to experience all of that. Yeah. And I want to protect it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really care what outsiders believe, the way we report news, what kind of news we cover, the angles we take, etc. It's my baby. I want to look after it. I want to help it grow organically exactly. without giving a rats about what everyone else thinks. And that's exactly like, um, so when you're, when you're training, when you're fighting, mm. for example, your followers are not running with you at five o'clock in the morning. Of course not. So wh why has why it become such a thing that I need to tell you? Don't worry about them. Mm. You know the work you're putting in and you have to love that because what happens is there's a point where it's going to stop. Mm. For example, there was a, let me tell you, there is a story. Um, I, was, I was in Morocco um, I'm actually in Morocco before when I was actively fighting. People would say, ah, mashallah, Khalid, take picture and stuff. So the last few years I went, now other people are fighting. So I was standing there and some guy goes, oh, oh they saw someone that they, they know and they said, oh, can we take a picture of him? Took a picture of him. Then they looked at me, said, oh, Khalid, smile. And he said, oh, you, you're a good fighter. Do you want to take a picture? So like he knew, mm. but it was like, I'm not the man of the moment no more. So what happens is, it's like, but it didn't affect me. Mm -hmm. Again, alhamdulillah. It could affect people though. Yes, but this is, and then the, there was a boy next to me, uh, I, and he's a young boy. I said to him, this is what I was telling you. And this is what I was trying to explain to you. We all have our time and it revolves and it goes. Now these guys and thing, alhamdulillah, you'd be happy for them. They're people, you, you don't get upset that, um, that you're not 
no longer to people. And again, I've never ever wanted that. Mm. I never really was after, oh, you take pictures. I didn't really care about that <clears> stuff. <throat> so yeah. it was like, but I understood, okay, um, if you chase fame now, I would have been, oh, wow, why does anyone take pictures? Why does anyone take picture of me? Mm-hmm. And then that's your ego now. That's mm. right. And it's like, no, I'm not very good. It's that kind of thing. And like I said, I go, I go it was another humbling experience. Mm. You kind of realise everything that the past, because remember uh, back in the day, the people used to say, think about you fighting. Say someone's fighting. Hey, tramp. Hey, tramp. Mm. Hey, tramp. Now you stop fighting. Hey, tramp. Hey, tramp. And then people don't call you tramp no more. You're no longer the tramp. That's and it's like, why is, and you feel less of a man mm. if you let it. Yeah, if you let it affect you. But you've always been a tramp mm. and you should always stay a tramp. And it's because you know what you achieved in your life, what you've done, the work you've done in your life. You're always going to be a tramp. Mm. But I don't need you to reaffirm that for me. Mm. And that's why knowing oneself, again, always go back to this, go back to your core values and alhamdulillah, you'll be cool. That is a <laughs> big, fantastic a fire ending, Marshall. Fire <laughs> ending to the podcast. Now, Khalid Ismail Academy, your yes. gym, where can people find you? Uh, www.khalismail.com uh, has all the details on that. Okay. My academy, I'm in East London. Mm. Um, uh, LDG gym? No, I closed my gyms. Mm. How come? That's, a, that's another story. Okay. Uh, another podcast. Part two. <laughs> Part two. Uh, again, so it's just the tri- trials and tribulations. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just, so it's just the academy now, yeah? Just the academy. I'm focused on just the, the, the kids. Um, like juniors and adults kind of thing. If, like, if other gyms wanted to bring you down for seminars, how do they contact you? Yeah, so just through khalismail.com. Okay. Uh, just drop us an email and stuff and I can okay. come down and um, cool. come down and do seminars and stuff. Also inshallah. remember to put that down there, brother, yeah? Um, yeah, that's it. Alhamdulillah. So. Alhamdulillah. Khalid, Zakhla khair, bro. It was, well, yeah. it was a great, great honour. Uh, but the podcast, the podcast hasn't fully ended because... Uh, just like we went from zero to 100 with the masturbation and the sex question, right? <laughs> we offer our guests three ways to conclude a podcast, right? Now, I don't know how I feel about offering some of these things to you, right? <laughs> um, so, I think oh. we, should, we should stray, we should stick to the spirit of the podcast yeah. and, uh, and be authentic and be organic and not care what people think. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Wicked. Very Based enough. on Khalid's le- advice. We learned yeah? something. Okay, <laughs> so offer number one is you give me an arm wrestle. Okay. Offer number two is you give my brother a thumb war. Yeah. And offer number three is you have to try some Bengali delicacy called barn. Uh. Now this is, I'll tell you what it is. It's leaf yeah. and it's beetle nut. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit bitter, but- but, it, but, but, but it's got some uh, crushed and dusted rose petal, yeah. which is it makes sweet. It sweet. Okay. So what are you saying Khalid? Go on, let me try that. Because yeah, Harley knew you'd do him. Yeah, and we 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 try and boy match and yeah, and you give this little man here a thumb ball. What are talking about this? Right, so it will be bitter. You may like you may like. It's not exactly tagine, and it's definitely not couscous. But uh, I'll make it small and sweet for you, bruv. Yeah, reduce that. So you leaf. chew this, yeah? You yeah. Just, you just chew it, and this tissue is here in advance because we know when not, it's not everyone's everyone okay. liking. That said, though. So do you eat the leaf? Yeah, you just chew it until it disintegrates. That's okay. how you're supposed to have it, right? Okay. Now, if you're really old school, you just you spit it out, yeah? That's right. You spit the juice out or you swallow the juice. I know the wording sounds mad, but it's allow it, yeah? Um, <laughs> our dad was Moroccan. He mm. yammed that like a Bengali. Do you remember? Yeah, he, he, he didn't mind it, yeah. He finished that one time. Our dad was a Moroccan rapper we had, yeah? Okay. He came on, he yammed it like he was an expert. He enjoyed it, he enjoyed it. Right, not sure. Right, let's see. It's the palate, it depends. You might like it, you might not. Yeah, bro, you might like it, you might not like it. Bismillah. For one side of your mouth, and you just chew, just it. chew it. Chew it like it's chewing. Tell it. us your initial thoughts. Yeah, sweet. Okay. And okay. bitter. Okay. Spot on. From a scale to one to ten, how bad is it? How good is it? 
I wouldn't eat all of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the water's there, the tissue's there. No, it's good cool, though. Khaled, it was a great experience. Like, 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 Thanks for having me. Say, inshallah, we will definitely have you on to find out, like you said, why the gym's got closed down, inshallah. And keep following the academy. Um, you know, it's an amazing journey. I'm sure that you're on. And um, so many people are going to benefit from May Allah make you success in this life. I mean, I mean, I mean. Brothers and sisters, that was it for today's podcast. Uh, for those of you who are watching from North America, subscribe to the Mad Mumluks YouTube channel. For those of you who are in the UK and beyond, subscribe to the Five Pillars YouTube channel. Press and click that notification. Uh, like this video, share this video, leave a comment. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Blood Brothers Podcast. Five Pillars of Mad Monarchs production.